You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Extreme Makeover, You Edition, Part 3. Enjoy. Hallelujah. And one of the ways we get stronger is by grabbing a hold of God's promises, believing them and speaking them. That's really the key right there. So we started a new series at Highway Church two Sundays ago. It's called Extreme Makeover, the You Edition. All right? So you guys uh, remember the show. used to be a Bosco tradition on Sunday nights. We'd watch Extreme Makeover You Edition. It was the home show where they had this uh, dream team of builders and designers that were assembled to build people new homes, to bless people. It was a really fun show. Uh, I don't think it's on anymore. But uh, there, I started thinking about this about a month ago or so, and I thought, boy, there are a lot of similarities between this show and the way God operates. So they assembled this dream team of amazing builders and designers to bless people. And a need of a family would come to this, this team, and they would show up and build this family an amazing new home. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah, it's just a home that was suited just for them and built just for them. And so this dream team had a plan to bless those people. They furnished the provision to bless those people, and they were thinking big. And that's how God operates, right? God is the dream team. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Never will you find a better builder or a better designer than him right? He's the best there ever was, is, or could ever be, right? And he had a plan for you, a prosperous plan for you. It tells us that in the Bible. I know because the Bible tells me so, right? A plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you confidence and a future you're thrilled about, a future that makes you want to skip sleeping, and get to the next day because you're so excited to see what's coming on the horizon. A future that thrills you plan. See? And he furnished the provision for that plan. Wow. Through Christ. And he was thinking big. Right? John 10.10 big. Life abundantly big. Ephesians 3.20 big. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine big. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Romans 8.31 and 32 big. God is for you big, not against you big. Right? God who gave his only son and how will he not also along with him graciously and freely give you all things big. All right, so that's what we're talking about. And the whole point of this series, like the show, those people cared for the people they need, so they showed up to bless them and change their lives with a new home. That was just people caring for people, right? How much more does God care for you? He wants to do more in your life than that TV show did. He does. He wants to care for you in ways you haven't even thought of yet. So let's look at our scripture, the main scripture we've been looking at, in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 23. God cares for you so much that he has made a new life available to you. Isn't that amazing? He's made a new life available to you, and, it, and, and it's experienced through simple faith in Jesus Christ. 
okay? He cares for you so much, he's made a new life available to you. And it's yours through simple faith in Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. It's on the screen if you'd like to read along on the screen. And remember, you can always take pictures of these scriptures on your phone. If there are different translations, I like to go through lots of different translations because you get you, get you kind of a better picture of what God's saying. But this is the message translations here. It says, your new life is not like your old life. Okay? Your old birth came from mortal sperm. That just makes it real, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, natural. Your new birth, your new life's different. Your new birth comes from God's living word. <laughs> just think, imagine a life conceived by God himself. <laughs> we need to start thinking that way. What does a life conceived by God himself look like? Verse 24. That's why the prophet said, the old life, that's the life before you put your faith in Christ. Right? That's the, the living in your own strength and wisdom life, the old life. We don't live that way anymore. We live in his strength and his wisdom, right? The, the old life is a grass life. It's beauty as short-lived as wild flowers. Grace dries up, flowers droop. God's word, on the other hand, next verse, is not like that. It never dries up. It never droops. It's perfect in power. It made the heavens and the earth. It Put the stars in the sky. God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. You've been born of this God word. You've been born of this unstoppable, limitless, made the universe, put the stars in the heavens word. You're a new creation now. And you know what? It's time to move that bus. Right? At the end of the show, what would they say? Bus driver, move that bus. Why? Because there was a big bus blocking their vision. They couldn't see the new house that was built for them because there was a big bus in the way. Right? In order for them to see the new life Christ provided for you, making a parallel here, right? You've got to get that bus out of the way. And you speak to it. Is there a big bus of depression sitting in front of your new life? Move that bus, right? You speak to it. Say, depression, get out of my life. You don't belong here anymore. That was a part of my old life. It's not a part of my new life, right? Sickness, move that bus. Get out of my life in the name of Jesus. That was a part of my old life, not a part of my new life anymore. In this new life, it's knowing that you are who God says you are. You can do 
what God says you can do. And you have what God says you have. Move that bus. Anything that's blocking our vision of the new life God has provided for us in Christ in 2016, we're getting it out of the way. It's time to see who we really are in Christ. All right? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's look at it. So we're learning who we are in Christ. We're learning what Christ has done for us, and we're declaring it over our lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is... Present tense, right now, a new creation. You have to practice seeing yourself in that way. You want to become unfamiliar with, with your past and familiar with the present reality of who you are in Christ. It's not a denial of what you've been through. It's an acceptance of who you are now. The old life, what does it say there? The old things have passed away. That's past tense, gone. Right? Passed away. Behold. I like that word. You know what that word really means? Behold. Hold thoroughly. Grab a hold of it and never let go. Behold. All things have become new. We're going to behold today, all right? New Living Translation says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Wow. The old life is gone. Bye-bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Right? The old life is gone. A new Life has begun. Don't wait until you see a change. Speak this over your life now. Don't wait for your circumstances to get fixed. See, Satan wants you to wait until all your circumstances are perfect, until you feel perfect, until everything's just right, and then maybe you can believe this. Declare it now, right in the face of the mess you might be in. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Right in the face, you might feel lousy, you might look lousy, the circumstances of your life, everything may seem to be contrary to God's provision for your life, and right in the middle of it all, you stand up and say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Let's say that. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Let's say it again. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That's something to regularly say over your life. It will transform you. Don't wait until you stop making mistakes. The devil say, you can't say that. Look at the last ten things you just did wrong. It doesn't matter. Say it in the face of your mistakes. Say it in the face of temptation. You are a new creation in Christ, but you need to know that. You need to know what this new life looks like. All right? What does this new life look like? The only way you're going to see it is with eyes of faith. All right? When you see it in here first, you'll see it out here next. All right? Faith is being sure of what we don't see, right? And sure of what we hope for and sure of what we can't see. But when you see it in here, it'll, sooner or later it's going to show up out here. All right? So let's learn what this new life look like, looks like. You know, it does not include depression, this new life. I think, uh, was it Dan just sharing with me before service about San Diego and uh, what's the name of the island, Dan, you were saying out there? Yeah, Coronado Island and the bridge that goes out there. Talking about how many suicides take place off of that bridge. Depression, suicide. Now, and, and pe people, I've never been there, but they tell me it's beautiful there. The weather's perfect all year round. Someone said no mosquitoes. I said, what? How, how do they do that? That's pretty cool. But now how can it be? In such a beautiful external place, people were jumping off bridges. You would think that would fix it. No, it won't, right? Because depression is a spiritual thing. Man's trying to understand it, trying to figure it out, but it's in the spirit realm. And if you don't recognize that that's darkness, it will, it will bury you. And it usually starts, you know, we've been through difficult things and, and our emotions get, get crushed or twisted and people have hurt us and, and the enemy will come in and he'll start re replaying what you've been through like, you know, like a nonstop film, try and get you to rehearse what you've been through. Then he'll tell you thoughts about yourself that are negative and this becomes a cycle in your life and you get to the point where you don't want to get up anymore. You don't want to live anymore. But that's not you anymore. But what breaks the cycle of depression is faith in Christ. Joy comes with knowing him. So anytime the devil starts to replay your past, open up your mouth. Don't try and fight depression with mental power. Fight it with the power of your tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Open up your mouth and say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus Old things have passed away. All things have become new. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then start dancing. <laughs> really. There's times I'll just start jumping up and down when I'm praying or spinning around, dancing. And I don't feel like it, but I'm, I'm letting depression, discouragement, fear, worry, anxiety know they're done in my life. It's over. Fear is not a part of your new life. Never. God's not giving that to you. What's He giving you? A spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. So in this new life, depression and fear aren't there. Have nothing to do with you anymore. Nothing to do with you anymore. Anxiety, nothing to do with you anymore. Nothing to do with you anymore. Worry, not yours anymore. Stress, no, not yours anymore. All right, in this new life, sickness, not yours anymore. Not yours anymore. 
See yourself healthy. See yourself healthy in Christ. Lack is not yours anymore. See yourself abundantly provided for. Confusion is not yours anymore. See yourself walking in the wisdom of Christ. Christ has been made unto us wisdom from God. Hallelujah. Now, let's read that verse again in the message translation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Anyone united with the Messiah. We, we asked you this question last week. How do you know if you're in Christ? Right? Because you have a certificate at home? No. Because a pastor says you are? No. Because your parents went to church? No. Because you've put your faith in him. You're the only one who can do that. Your kids can't do it for you. You can't uh, do it for someone else. You've got to put your faith. So if you've believed that Jesus rose from the dead for you, and you've opened up your mouth and said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you're in Christ. Okay? You're in Christ. And the devil will try and make you doubt that. Won't he? He'll try and make you doubt that you belong to Christ. Say, no, I've put my faith. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I believe that you came for me. You died for me. You rose from the dead for me. I am yours and you're a mine. Right? If anyone, uh, excuse me, anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Are you fresh? I like the word fresh, so I looked it up. You know what fresh means? Not canned or frozen. <laughs> You're not canned or frozen, right? It's good. We like fresh. It means not previously known or used. Have you been used? Well, now you're fresh, clean, not previously known or used. The hurts of the past are healed in Christ, even if people have used you. You're fresh now. Not previously known or used. New. Not faded or impaired. Fit for drinking, ready to eat. Fresh. Well, this is from the dictionary. Garden fresh. I like that. Crisp. Unwilted. Clean. You're clean now. Mm. You're clean because of the blood of Jesus. You're fresh. Clear and pristine. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for you so that in him you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Where's that at in the scriptures? You guys know? 2 Corinthians 5, 21, right? Clean and pristine. Look at this. Untouched. Ooh, I like that. Unconventional. <laughs> you ready? Unorthodox and revolutionary. That's you now. You're unorthodox. You're revolutionary. You're unconventional. You're not of this world anymore. You're a new creation in Christ. Amen. Now, we know at Highway Church 
that God's will doesn't automatically happen in our lives. That's a biggie. God's will doesn't automatically happen in the earth. Jesus didn't teach that. And I say this regularly because this is a big bus in the, between people and God's vision for their life. Right? God's will doesn't automatically happen in the earth, regardless of who says it does. Jesus told us we need to pray for it to be done in the earth, just as it is in heaven. In heaven, it's done. There's no interference there. In earth, it's not. We're in enemy territory. Right? We're, on, we're, on, we're living in a fallen world. This thing's passing away. Satan is the God of this world. All right? So if you want God's will to happen in your life, you need to speak it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. Right? If God's will automatically happen, there'd be no need for faith. Right? We live by faith. We live by speaking with our mouth and believing in our heart. All right? So we're believing, by speaking it and believing it, we're beholding it, all right? We're looking at it. Did I finish that verse? The old life, uh, let's see. The old life is gone in the message. Here we go. A new life burgeons. I like that word. Blossoms, breaks forth, grows, increases. Look at it. So I want to challenge you every day this week to look at who you are in Christ. To make who you are in Christ the focus of your attention. To look at it. To behold it. To hold it thoroughly. How do we do that? Through faith in His promises. Speak His promises with your mouth and believe them with your heart. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Oh, let's say it again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I must have said that in my life thousands of times. And I'll say it thousands more. Because I get stronger every time I say it. Right? So it's, it's, a, you, it's a repetitive thing. You speak it and you keep, it becomes a way of living. All right. Now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is where we're going. So we, you can't speak the promises of God if you don't know the promises of God, right? What are you going to say? You don't have anything to say if you don't know the promises because we're in a spiritual warfare. And clever philosophies and the wisdom of man is not going to set you free from Satan's attacks. It's, there's no power. Man has no power over the enemy. It's through Christ that we have the victory. So we've got to learn the promises of God. How do we learn the promises of God? How do we do it? Meditate. Who said that? Yeah, yeah. meditate on them. Yeah. So, man, I take, I, I, who was I talking to? Uh, I think Jamie, we were talking about getting a notebook. She said, uh, her and Jennifer say, I like paper because I put them on my phone. But uh, I used to have a notebook back in the day. <laughs> but I'd write these promises down. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you kidding me? I'm going to write that one down. And I'm going to meditate on that during the week. And I'm going to speak that over my life. And then, you know, you'll be in the Bible. Another promise comes along. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to write that one down. I need that one in my life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Oh, I'm going to write that one down. And before you know it, you're getting stronger. 
You're writing these promises down. You're meditating on them during the week. And then if something opposes those promises, something comes into your life, you're ready to stand up and say, move that bus, right? No more in my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You want to know another great way to to learn the, the promises of God? Getting on the highway. What do I mean by that? Highway church. Yeah. Get on a highway. A highway is a structure that enables you to get from where you are to where you want to be. And you come here, you're going to hear promise after promise after promise after promise. Because it's through his promises that we experience him. It's God's design. So, man, make make coming here just a, a part of your schedule. Just settle it. Hey, I'm here. Sunday, I'm here. I'm going to get-togethers. It's just a part of my life now. It's a part of my schedule. It's worth the drive. I'm going to do it, right? I'm not going to miss it because I want to know him more. I want to know who I am in Christ. I want to grow stronger. I want to fulfill my destiny, and I'm not going to let the things of this world keep me from doing that. Right? So we learn them by meditating them, by hearing them preached. It's like God's method. When he chose the foolishness of preaching for salvation. It's God's method. So we come and hear it. And you can listen to it online uh, at our website, right, through the podcast. And there are other, other ministries you can listen to the Word to. So we come here, get ready to eat. Come hungry for the promises of God, Okay. Come and eat his promises, worship him, receive from him, make up your mind. You're going to get everything he's got for you every Sunday, all right? And come to get-togethers during the week. Well, we had fun on Friday. The last thing we did to get-togethers before we prayed is we asked the question. We said, okay, so what are some, what are some promises you guys can share with each other? Let's share some promises that bring joy in our lives. We were talking about joy. What a fun thing to do, sit in a room full of people to say, okay, what scriptures do you know that bring joy into your life? And Sue, give me yours. I love that one. In the multitude of my anxieties, your comforts delight my soul. Give us the reference for that thing. Psalm 94.19. She shares that with me multiple times. I love every time. In the multitude of my anxieties, your comforts delight my soul. Man, I like that. See, and that's a get-together. So we've got one on Wednesday in Westport you can come to at 6.30 uh, every Wednesday at Dennis and Debbie's Cottage, and you've got one in Riverside every Friday at 7 o'clock at Ed and Sue's and Max's house, right? You know, you got to come and meet Max, the little... That's right. I, mean, I should... That's, sorry about that. I correction there. Yeah, and guess what? Now's the time for your new house. Now's the time for your new house. Now's the time to live this new life. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 6 we're going to, right? That's here right now. So this is the time to do it, guys. Like uh, Apollo Creed said to Rocky in Rocky chapter 3, there is no tomorrow. It's time now, Rock, right? We're not focused on tomorrow. It's now. Faith is now. Our victory is now. We've got the victory now, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 says this, for he says... In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, hold thoroughly, look at it, right? Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
This is the time to experience Christ. This is the time to be free from depression. This is the time to be whole and to walk in all that God has provided for you. So we're not waiting to be made new creations someday. We're new creations now. Right? We're not waiting to be strong someday. We're strong now. We're not waiting to have joy someday. We've got joy now. We're not waiting to have peace someday. We've got peace now. Amen. Now faith is. Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Now faith is. All right. Let's finish this thing up by looking at where we were last week, looking at this new life. There are two characteristics. Well, there's a bunch of them, but two that we're going to focus on of this new life. Got to know what this new life looks like. Joy and peace. Things that bother other people won't bother you because you've got this supernatural joy and this supernatural peace. So let's go back to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12. Isaiah is just chock full of this new creation life. He prophesied of what life would be like in Christ. All right, Isaiah is sometimes called the fifth gospel because it talks so much about Jesus. And this is what Jesus would accomplish for us. Jesus made this life of joy possible. Okay? It says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. All right. You got your seatbelts on? So joy and peace. Now, peace is the word shalom in the Hebrew. That means wholeness, well-being. Prosperity, it's a characteristic of this new life that belongs to you. Joy is a characteristic. I look up joy in the dictionary. You ready? Here's what joy means. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Are we allowed to say that in church? A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. I like to look at the etymology of words. That's where they come from. And it comes from the word gadere, the Latin word, which means rejoice. Two words, rejoice. And it carries with it this sense of that which brings about or causes joy. And you break it down, re, the, the prefix re, means expressing intensive force. And j-o-i-r, joire, means experiencing joy. What are we saying? God, through Christ, has provided for you an intense, powerful, life-transforming joy. Powerful joy. Depression-destroying joy. Right? Can't wait to get up tomorrow joy. Joy is powerful, the joy that Christ has provided. He's provided this intense, supernatural, not based on what's happened to me or what's going on around me joy, this life-transforming, healing joy, all right? It's the kind of joy you need to put you over, and it can't be found in this world. Last week, we said joy comes from good news, right? The greater the news, the greater the joy. You won't find any better news than the gospel. Let's look at this joy bursting forth in the heavens in Luke chapter 2. What's the gospel? God loves you so much, he gave his son for you so that you can become God's very own child. 
so that you could be born into his family and become a new creation in him. doesn't get any better than that. There's nothing better than being made new by the creator of the universe. Now, I, I, I like Christmas time. I like to think about what it must have been like for those shepherds in the field, right? Here it is, Luke chapter 2. Now, imagine Jesus hadn't come yet, right? Well, he was just born there. But prior to this, I mean, this is, a, this is the whole change of everything. And, and an angel shows up. I mean, heaven was so thrilled with this powerful, life-transforming joy, they had to materialize and manifest. And an angel shows up to these shepherds and says, fear not. Right? This joy destroys fear. For behold, there it is again, hold thoroughly, grab a hold of what I'm about to tell you and don't let go of it. I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy powerful, intensive, life-transforming joy, which shall be for everybody, to all people. For unto you is born this day, it's happening, it's here, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Heaven's trying to tell you something. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly, that was it, heaven couldn't take it anymore, right? Suddenly, thousands of angels burst forth in the sky. They turn their amplifiers up, they get out their instruments, and they start singing and shouting and praising God with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, Irene in the Greek, shalom in the Hebrew, wholeness, healing, well-being, prosperity, goodwill toward man. So because of this little baby, because God sent his son to earth as a man to grow up and to bear your sins and to bear the curse of sin, to bear your sicknesses, to bear your diseases, because of what this baby's about to accomplish, peace, wholeness, favor is yours. It's available to mankind now. The favor of God is available to anyone who believes. Wow. Whoo, I would have loved to have been there on that day just to hear the music they were playing, right? Yeah. So the kingdom of God is all about joy. In fact, Romans 4.17 says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. Yeah, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So joy and the Holy Spirit go together. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to camp here a little bit. Because I, I want some joy to break forth in you. Too many sad faces in the body of Christ. We should be the happiest people on the planet. Yeah, we should. We have the reason to. We have the best news, right? So God's given us this supernatural life. Remember back in 1 Peter we read, it's conceived by God himself. It's a supernatural life. And darkness used to be over top of our head, but now it's under our feet. Amen. Right? Yes. Satan's under our feet now. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. The Holy Spirit and joy go together. One of the primary reasons that the Holy Spirit is in you is to reveal to you the joy of the Lord. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Love this. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God. 
You have the Spirit of God living in you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? The Spirit who is from God is living in you. Why is He living there? That we might know, be sure and certain of, have confidence in the things that have been freely given to us by God. Wow. He doesn't want you happy, Satan. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal the same message that those shepherds were celebrating about 2,000 years ago. He wants that same song to be ringing in you, right? That salvation has come. God's favor is mine now. God's shalom, wholeness, healing is mine now. Because of Jesus, it's come. It's mine now. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and old things have become new. Now, Satan's tried to snuff this thing out. He's tried to put the lid on this thing and snuff it out. And one of the primary vehicles he's used is religion. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read you something from, from my friend, A.W. Tozer. You guys know A.W. Tozer? I think he was born in like 1897 or something. He, he, he went home to be with the Lord in 1963. But Jennifer found this little book in a, what was it, a consignment shop or something? Called Gems from Tozer. And uh, boy, we've been, she's been sharing it with me, and then I stole the book from her. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, but listen now, we're going to break forth into joy in the rest of this year like you've never seen. And it might be offensive to some people, all right? But joy and Jesus go together like peanut butter and jelly, all right? So this is what A.W. says. He says, for a generation, certain evangelical teachers have told us that the gifts of the Spirit ceased at the death of the apostles or at the completion of the New Testament. This, of course, is a doctrine without a syllable of biblical authority back of it. The result of this erroneous teaching is that spiritually gifted persons are ominously few among us. This frightening hour calls aloud for men and women, people, with the gift of prophetic insight. Instead, we have men who conduct surveys, polls, and panel discussions. We need people with the gift, that's a, he's speaking of the gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians, with the gift of knowledge. You can't get that by going to school. It's a spiritual gift. In their place, we have men with scholarship, seminary degrees. Not going to say anybody free. Nothing more. Thus, we may be preparing ourselves for the tragic hour when God may set us aside as so-called evangelicals and raise up another movement to keep New Testament Christianity alive in the earth. Stay with me now. I'm going to keep on reading. The primary work of the Holy Spirit is to restore the lost soul to intimate fellowship with God, to reveal who we are in Christ, Right? To, to reveal all the things that God has given to us. One obstacle to the reception of power is a widespread fear of our emotions. Wherever they touch the religious life. This is what I wanted to get to. Okay, Feeling and faith are opposed to each other in modern teaching. In other words, you can't, you can't shout. You, you have to be stoic and reserved in church. Where did that come from? Not from Jesus, right? Feeling and faith are opposed to each other in modern teaching. 
This anti-emotionalism is nevertheless an unwarranted inference, not a scriptural doctrine. Where in the Bible are feeling and faith said to be at odds? The fact is that faith engenders feelings, as certainly as life engenders motion. In other words, you put your faith in Christ, joy's coming. Joy's coming. Don't fight it. Let it go. Faith, as a cold, unemotional light, is wholly unknown in the Scriptures. The book of Acts is almost hilarious with joy. Boy, is it ever. It's people think you're drunk kind of joy, right? Another hindrance is fear of fanaticism. Well, I've heard that a lot. You can't do that. That's fanatic, right? Instinctive revulsion from fleshly excesses and foolish, undisciplined conduct on the part of some who profess lofty spiritual attainments have closed the door to a life of power from many of God's true children. They have made the mistake of putting all teaching concerning the Holy Spirit in the same category. Such victims must be taught that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus and is as gracious and beautiful as the Savior himself. The Holy Spirit, listen to this, is the cure for fanaticism, not the cause of it. Ah, I like that. One more paragraph. Isn't this good? The doctrine of the Spirit, as it relates to the believer, has over the last half century been shrouded in a mist like a, that lies upon a mountain, like clouds upon a mountain. Uh, a world of confusion has surrounded this truth. This confusion has not come by accident. An enemy has done this. Satan knows that spiritless, joyless <laughs> evangelicalism is as deadly as modernism or heresy. And he has done everything in his power to prevent us from enjoying, from enjoying our true Christian heritage. If you can't shout and dance in church, you can't shout or dance anyway. This is the place to shout and dance. This is the place to celebrate, to, to pop open the cork and say, yeah, this is it, right? Joy is our heritage. And that, that's been stolen from so many through religious tradition. We're happy and we're loud sometimes. So bring your earplugs. When you come to Highway Church, we can't contain it, right? We can't contain it. Joy is our heritage. Life is our heritage. Strength is our heritage. Wisdom is our heritage. Supernatural gifts are our heritage. The Spirit of God is our heritage, right? Joy and the Holy Spirit go together. I like Psalm 51, 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free Spirit. God's Spirit is a spirit of freedom, liberty, and joy. Hallelujah. And this is my prayer for us going forward. Romans 15, 13. Let's put that up there. Romans 15, 13. Go ahead. That's what I want to pray for you right now. Are you ready for some just out-of-this-world joy in your life? I mean, you might just burst into laughing in the middle of stop and shop. That's all right. Okay, people say, what are you, what's, what's so funny? What are you laughing at? God loves me. Isn't that funny? <laughs> if you knew me, you know how funny that was, right? Joy. I'm talking joy, like change your life joy. Holy Spirit joy. Ready? 
I'm praying this over you right now. Everyone here, every home, every family, every person. Now. Now. May the God of hope, may the God of confidence fill you and your home, you and your family with all joy in the name of Jesus. Now, all joy breaking forth inside of you. When you get up in the morning, when you go through your day, Sunday through Saturday, now, May joy break forth in you, all joy and all peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Jesus' name, joy, joy, joy in every heart right now. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to to take the blinders off and reveal to us the joy of our salvation, that a party would begin today and never stop. In Jesus' name, no more down days, no more listening to dark, depressing, discouraging, worrisome, anxious thoughts. Today is the day of salvation. Today is a day of joy. Joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. In Jesus' name, joy in your life like never before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to cement this thing by, by speaking the word together. Eden, you want to pull up that confession? You want joy to come, start speaking it with your mouth, believing in your heart. I put together a little statement of faith based on a bunch of scriptures, which you'll see on the second screen, but we'll just, we'll start. We're going to say this together, all right? Joy now, right? Joy, 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 joy. You can take a picture of this. Take it home with you. Let's say it together. Father, I receive your boundless love for me. I believe that you gave your son for me. I receive all that you've done for me through your son. Amen. Let's keep reading. Your spirit is living in me. <laughs> your spirit is living in me. Revealing Christ to me. Joy is mine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Peace, wholeness is mine. I am strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. With the strife that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. Hallelujah. Woo! Are you ready? I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. In you, I have been made new. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You've been made new. It's a new day. It's a new day, Kayla. It's a new season in your life. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.